what is good people welcome to the screen looker podcast i'm martin ben the michael buffett of screen lookers podcast ring today members of the app trigger crew and i go over a few of the biggest controversies and conversations in games starting with what we're playing we try to figure out what exactly is human resource machine then we move on to Mass Effect Andromeda and whether or not there's some good to be found in so divisive a game. We move from there to talk about the Splatoon 2 test fire and how playing multiplayer on the Nintendo Switch feels. All this and more on the Screen Looker Podcast today. My name is Martin Venn, and I am the host of Screen Looker Podcast. This is a new podcast coming to you from other contributors and I of apptrigger.com. So if you have any interest in some of the thoughts that we share today and you would like to see them, you can see them reflected on that site. So without further ado, let's get to know some of our guests. How about, first off, editor of App Trigger, Rebecca Valentine. Hi! <laughs> and we have uh, Matt Becker. What up, fam? And we have Alex Savard. Good afternoon. And Eric Chrisman. Mass Effect apologist Eric Chrisman here. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, man. So just to get things started, I just want to go through and sort of see what everybody's been playing and everything. Um, so... Rebecca, I know that you have the most pertinent and timely things. You've been playing Splatoon 2? Oh, man, I've been playing, like, everything. So, yeah, I got up at 6 a.m. this morning um, to play Splatoon 2 for an hour, which wasn't the full game. It was just the global test fire that they still have going on a few more times the rest of the weekend. Um, so there's that. I also just finished up Mario Sports Superstars, and I'm currently reviewing Has Been Heroes and... Uh, uh, Human human resource machine. Human re wait, what what is that? It is um, it's an indie game. It's from the Tomorrow Corporation. It's a puzzler, and the premise is that you have this little like a uh, office worker basically, um, and you're given a task, and you have to input commands um, to get them to correctly perform the task. It's a, I guess it could be like most closely associated with like coding for dummies if that makes sense. Like, you have these different commands you can put in, and you have to put them in in the right order to get them to, like, basically move numbers from one end of the room to the other in certain ways. Okay. I... It's hard to it's hard to explain. <laughs> it's pretty fun so far. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Has anyone else heard of this game? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I've heard of it. Surely it doesn't exist. If I haven't heard of it, then it doesn't exist. It, that's account. exactly my thought, too. It, I don't know what that is. 
as far as I'm concerned, it won't exist. The, the name sounds a little familiar. I probably heard it on some other podcast, but not horribly familiar with it. It's a, it's part of a trio of indies from Tomorrow Corporation that just came out on the Switch. Um, that Little Inferno and World of Goo just came out. Oh, those are the guys from World of Goo. Got it. Yes. Okay. There you go. See, you I have remember seeing it. I remember I seeing it, and I was like, didn't get very far. <laughs> I remember seeing it and was like, this is like way too much like programming, and I do that enough during the day that there's no way I can force myself to play a game about it. Remind me to show you a screenshot of my really bad code later. <laughs> what are you coding? Are you, what is it, JavaScript? C++? No, no, it's not real code, it's the game! Like, oh, you're, the game! <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, I definitely don't... I yeah no. Anyway, uh, what you've been playing, man? Like besides everything, <laughs> uh, uh, I haven't played too much this week because I've been writing all my finishing my packs content. Um, I just finished Troll and I last night, and <laughs> I have some choice words about that game. <laughs> oh, I remember, I remember playing that E three, and I was just like, no. Oh man! I just it's, randomly uh, found a trailer for that because the premise at least sounded kind of interesting, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah, like the premise sounded okay. The trailers didn't look absolutely terrible, but the trailers um, are di- not directly correlated to how that game plays whatsoever. It is extremely janky, and it reminds me of something on the PS2. Um, not in a good way, though. No, 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 no. Like, like the. <laughs> I think I said earlier in Slack, it's like the $5, like, bargain bin games you find at, like, Walmart that, like, your grandma randomly buys you. Like, it's just so... It's bad. It's... Uh, but... I'm, I'm just gonna interrupt you here for one second, Matt. So, I grew up in a household where that never happened. Do people whose grandparents really just buy them a ton of terrible games all the time? So, my... Not my grandparents, but my parents did not know anything about games when I was growing up, and they got me, one year for GameCube, um, a really, like, old, like, cheat... Like, a Resident Evil knockoff, I don't even know what it was, um, but they got me, like, a Resident Evil knockoff, and then something with, like, a vampire and a dinosaur. I I played I played them, like, for ten minutes apiece, and they were, they were, like, both rated, rated, like, M. Or something, and I was, you know, like ten, and it was just—it was terrible. I don't think they knew a thing about what they wow. were doing. <laughs> so I think I'm a little bit older than everybody else here. Uh, my parents and grandparents were smart enough to just wait until I told them I wanted something for my birthday or Christmas, and that, that's what they would specifically get. But I would sometimes get really weird board games for my grandparents, like a Sherlock Holmes board game, and I showed no interest in Sherlock Holmes at the time or board <laughs> games. Dear God. Yeah, my dad got me, like, Duke Nukem when I was, like, eight years old. Oh, yeah. cool dad. Cool dad. And I was, well, see, when I was eight, Duke Nukem was still 2D and shareware to go way back. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> did you have anything else on that, Matt? Sorry, I interrupted. Um, no, I started this uh, new card game called Eternal, which is, like, it, like, I saw it at PAX, and initially I was like, oh, this is a Hearthstone clone, but it's, like, way more complicated than that. Um, so I haven't dug too much into that, but as you all know, I'm a sucker for card games, so. 
right. All right. So, Eric, uh, well, I know what you're trying to play, but <laughs> what have you been playing this far? Well, can I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure of the embargo. Can I even talk about waiting for that? <laughs> nope. Nope. Okay. I don't know. Just, we're waiting. No, no point that, you can that, say yeah. that you're reviewing it. You just can't talk okay. about the game. Yeah, I I I do. I am awaiting Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 collection for the PS4. Um, I have pretty extensive history with the Kingdom Hearts series. I've played most of the games. Uh, we'll we'll see how it holds up. But I I am one of those people who you know looking to get rid of my PS3 would buy something like this. So it's definitely something in my alley. Yeah, I had it on uh, on PS3 as well, and well, now my PS3 is no more. May it rest in peace. But um, I, I I do plan on buying it again for the PS4, mostly because I saw it in 60 frames per second, and I was like, "Oh, that works. That that that'll get me in there." Um, and uh, <laughs> and I guess we could, depending on what we go forward with, we can talk about this more later. But I've mostly been playing Mass Effect and Zelda. Okay. All right, Alex. What all have you been playing? Uh, yeah, mainly Mass Effect, Blandromeda. Um, it's <laughs> you know I put a lot of time into it. Um, no, no, no. I, I, I reserve. I reserve it for. I, I know we have a section on it, so I reserve my, my thoughts <laughs> for that. But I put about like probably twenty hours into it. So oh, he's way ahead of me then. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm trying to, at this point, I'm just trying to get through that damn story because <laughs> you just gotta, you can't, like, the side quests are just, you gotta stay on track, you know? Especially when you're trying to review it. 30 hours, man! <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So, everything I've heard, so I'm just gonna jump into Mass Effect at this point because that's the, it seems like a lot of people play it, but the biggest thing that I've heard, like, I was listening to Austin Walker on Waypoint, and he was like, things yep. started getting really interesting for me just now. I'm at 30 hours into the game. <laughs> yeah, and the last uh, game I played like that was Final Fantasy Thirteen. It was not the game that I would say anyone should have to sit through 30 hours to finish, <laughs> but by the time I got to the end, I did enjoy it. It did take me two years to complete that game, though. So, all I have to say, uh, I'm glad that I don't have to go through and review it because I've played a little bit of Mass Effect thus far, and I'm just like, oh man, this is it. This isn't. It feels like Mass Effect, but it doesn't feel like Mass Effect. Anyway, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. <laughs> so I haven't, I haven't played Mass Effect Andromeda, but I was uh, talking to um, actually one of our former writers at App Trigger, Hyron, on Twitter this morning about it. And I, when they say that, oh, it takes like 10 hours to get into it, it takes like 20 hours to get into it, I, who has that kind of time? Like, <laughs> Dragon Quest Seven, I, I reviewed a while back, and the game does actually get kind of good after like 20, 25 hours, but I can play like two, three games in that amount of time. I mean, the Persona games take like 20 hours just to start setting up the story, and those are like, you know, universally praised, so... <laughs> I call garbage. No, thank you. <laughs> I think I think the biggest it, thing. On, oh, go ahead, someone. It's a very. It, it's odd because it's one. It seems like almost like kind of a throwback to the first game. It's almost like these guys are doing this for the first time, but it's the fourth time, which is odd. <laughs> and and but it's also a very like almost again with the with it getting supposedly getting good. I'll talk more about my experience 
when we get to it. But getting good, you know, 20, 30 hours in, that's a very old school Japanese RPG mentality where it's like, <clears throat> we, we can we can dick you around for 20 hours because that's what we want to do. And Yeah. Like, imagine if, like, a film came out and they're like, oh, it's pretty, like, rubbish until the last five minutes, then it's really good. That's true. I mean, I guess I'd say that's fine, but there's plenty of great old Japanese RPGs and even current ones that don't do that. Like, I am almost done with Final Fantasy VI, and I know that that's, like, you know, the peak of Japanese RPGs, but no, it's interesting. Like, five seconds in, it's great. But it's, that's actually kind of a rarity with the old school ones. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, if you play Final Fantasy VII, it goes back to you're just kind of waiting around for a little bit until you actually get into the story. You yeah, get the first part of it, and then like it just stops until you know Arif dies, and then it keeps going. Oh, spoiler, yeah, I played the first like third know, of that part. and gave up. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, we can probably dedicate an entire podcast to uh, Final Fantasy VII, and, <laughs> probably, and, probably, you know, and its impact for better or worse. <laughs> you know, I um, when I did research because I did that uh, Final Fantasy VII twenty seven twenty years later piece, like just looking at the numbers on what that game sold and like what people were like looking at game sales prior to that point, like it's just amazing how much that game sold in comparison to just the previous entry of Final Fantasy. Like, I think they said Final Fantasy VI sold something around, like, 500,000 copies, and then Final Fantasy X was, like, the second highest-selling game of all time on the entire PlayStation platform. It's incredible. <laughs> how much well, oddly enough, because people were kind of tricked. Like, if you go back to ads at the time, mm-hmm. they don't mention it's an RPG, they just show the cutscenes, which at the time were amazing... You know, it's, <laughs> it's like people did not know they were buying a role playing game, and <laughs> and so they're like, "Oh, role playing games might actually not not be for you know weird nerds who have nothing but time on their hands, like me." <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's just talk about Mass Effect for a little bit more. Then, so speaking of role playing games that don't you know think much about your time, so like now, Alex, I know you're like saying you're 20 hours in so like what's been the peak of what you've played thus far um oh man well it definitely wasn't the beginning um (laughs) it wasn't the beginning it wasn't the middle it probably wasn't the end no like they i I remember like the previews you know and the previews came out and everyone was saying like the first few hours aren't good that's that's very much true like not just like the tutorial and stuff, but like the first planet you you land on, which you probably uh, EOS, I think it is. Mm-hmm. It's just not fun. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's, and I, that's where I experienced the most glitches as well. Like I had like enemies like kind of flying around and popping in and and all this, and I was just like, what is going on? Um, <laughs> the the high point probably um, some of the loyalty missions I think are actually quite good. Um, and I really, those were my favorite parts of Mass Effect 2, so that's, I probably have a bit of a bias there. Okay. But, because uh, uh, otherwise, the, the your crew are like, the, are just not good people to be around. You just get annoyed <laughs> with them. You know, it's like having a housemate that you hate or something. And, and yeah, so, so the loyalty missions are good, uh, because that's, it, they kind of just tell isolated stories rather than mm-hmm. kind of this. But Alex, you and Liam are getting along so well. Oh, don't yeah, don't talk to me about that guy. <laughs> uh, 
Have you? Have you? Has like? Has anyone got to the bit where he takes his top off yet? <laughs> no. no, I have not. Okay, please tell me more. This is spoilers, right? But he takes his top off, and then, and he because he's doing something with uh, Jarl, the alien guy. They're like swapping armor, so like there's context there. It's like, okay, fine, I see where you're naked. But then he just refuses to put it back on, like for the rest of the game, and he's just there, like flaunting his biceps. Whenever you talk, there's one moment where like you literally come into the room and he's just doing press ups like half naked. <laughs> and it's really awkward. Um and I like it's just yeah. There's Liam is like the zenith of why I don't like Mass Effect Andromeda right now. Um it's okay, so he's, right. like a, he's like a hot human though, right? So how's the yeah, yeah. how's the alien smooching? Um asking me a that's, that's a good question. Yeah, I romance Jarl. Just because I was interested, because he's like the ugliest per- like alien I've ever seen, um, and I think he, I think he can only do a female rider. Um, he, like you can only romance, romance him as, as a female, but he kind of he's very he's um, very seductive. I'll say that, mm. yeah. And he's like very he's, he's not ashamed of his body either. He he like shows off. He's probably the most you'll see in terms of amount of body. <laughs> I'm not articulating this very well, but you know, you get to see a lot of Jarl, is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh man. So Eric, how far are you in the game? Okay, so I just finished up um, EOS, which is the first planet. I didn't experience uh, personally any of those bugs Alex has, so I probably had a better time. It's still not a great setting, but it. Mm-hmm. I like the combat in it so far. Are you I... playing on PS4? I am playing on PS4, regular PS4. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, same. And um, so far, I do like the alien party members, like like uh, PB especially. I really like her energy, and uh, Vetra, I th- who is the uh, Turian on your party, is really fun. Um, the humans remain, the, you know, the most, the least interesting aspect of the game, like they have throughout the entire series. So that just continues here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I'd say probably the worst thing I've experienced so far is the planet scanning, which is oh my it's goodness, not, it's just tedious and that not so fun. Bad. And it's like, why is this even in here? Like, it's never been great in the series to begin with. I don't know why they keep putting it in there, but like, just like randomly. I mean, scanning it, it was minerals. slightly gratifying in Mass Effect Two, but yeah. And, and I don't understand why they like changed a, it. Like a kind of fun element of danger because it's like, oh, we gotta scan this before the Reapers come in and try and get us. That, that was at least something. This you just like, there's planets you check that have nothing on them, and you need to go check them to make sure they have nothing on them. Which yeah. and it has this weird thing where it'll have one planet pull out to the scene of that planet, go to the next planet you go to, and it'll repeat this every single time, which seems like a huge waste of like five or six seconds, which doesn't sound like much, but when you're experiencing it, it just seems like, why is it doing this? It's taking forever. Like, it just seems extremely inefficient. Like, that, mm-hmm. that is it across, that's kind of Mass Effect Andromeda across the board, is extremely inefficient, which again, brings back to, it seems like it's the first time they're doing this, which would be great if it was actually the first time, because you could be more forgiving of this stuff, but it's, you know, they should be very experienced at this. Well, I think that, uh, so just for context, I mean, I, I know you guys are playing on PS4. I have a PS4 Pro and I'm playing on my 
like 32 inch 1080p TV. And I, I, I know people say it looks good, but to me, <laughs> and this could be just cause I'm, I'm coming off playing Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm currently playing Near Automata, which has like this really interesting watercolor texture. And then Mass Effect Andromeda comes along and it's like, well, <clears throat> I just watched uh, like Aloy run through like five different environments back and forth. And each one of those has like all these things like flying in the air and everyone moves good. There's no clipping or anything like that. And I play this game and like the frame rate bogs, even on a PS4 Pro, like it's bogging just with any kind of combat. Um, And this was just the like, I haven't even gotten to the point of having a team or anything yet. This is just on the very first point of contact when you land on like the planet with all the lightning and stuff like that and i'm hoping that it gets better Um, it doesn't (laughs) that that first planet does not make a good first impression (laughs) well well, i just mean like performance wise i'm hoping like there there's so there's like i've been listening to other people because they're like oh the performance gets better at certain points um which kind of goes to the way in which they made this game so if you guys don't know like the studio of Bioware that made this game, I don't believe had ever actually made a full AAA title before. And so they brought like Edmonton and everyone else on to get this game done by this time for it to be able to release. And it feels like it because <laughs> there are just some things that just <laughs> don't work the way that you would think they would as something that is supposed to be like a polished like electronic arts AAA experience which has given us games like battlefront which looks amazing or um or battlefield one and battlefield four well battlefield four didn't play amazing at first but eventually it got there and battlefield one looks was amazing when i just was in a beta about it so yeah that's uh, gonna be my question because like Mass Effect Three came out like five years ago. Like I'm, like I, I wonder how many of those people are on this team. And I guess, like you said, like, n- like not a lot of them. Is that accurate? So the head of the team, um, like the guy who's been like doing all the gameplay videos and like the main person talking about it, he was the lead writer on two and three. Um, so he's there. They have a couple of people from like animation, but for the most part. Most of the people working on the game are, like, brand new to it. But still, like, <laughs> I feel as if they could have... Um, right, I, I mean, they have the name attached to it, so, like, <laughs> they need to be on top of their game because everyone has expectations. Like, I wonder if this game was, like, not in the Mass Effect universe, but, like, very similar and named something completely different if people would be as critical as they are. I actually think they'd probably be more critical. <laughs> because at this point at a certain point like everyone's giving it the benefit of the doubt that it's gonna get better because it's mass effect but if it wasn't mass effect you'd be looking at this like i mean they did a lot of work but it'd be like no man's sky no man's sky got like a benefit of the doubt until it came out and then people were like fuck this game and so (laughs) i feel like it'd be kind of the same thing with mass effect if or Andromeda, if it was just called, like, the Andromeda Initiative or whatever other title they could have given it. I, I think if it was, like, just the Andromeda Initiative, people are like, oh, this is an ambitious title. I, I see some potential here. Hopefully the team will get to work on, you know, something else and do better next time. And, yeah, I can totally see, like, 
without the Mass Effect name, like people just think it's a interesting, ambitious, quirky title that has some potential to it. Uh, but it also might be interesting to see, depending on how much work they put in post-release, like where the game is six months from now, a year from now, when you know when they have yeah. patched as much as they're going to patch. And also DLC, like Mass Effect DLC has normally been really good. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll be interesting to see. I, what I've noticed is also, um, I remember when Mass Effect 3 came out, a lot of the criticism was kind of seemed to be directed towards EA mm -hmm. for like supposedly pushing it out before release but it seems to me like ea haven't really come into the conversation here it's more people are taking issue with how bioware have kind of crafted the actual game themselves um i don't know like i guess it is presumptuous to, su to suggest that ea had anything uh to do with with pushing it out before release like we don't really know the details of that um i mean but, you know with with exceptions, every game has a deadline that needs to be out by. You can only push it back so much. I mean, you're getting yeah. things like Final Fantasy 15, but most American companies won't do that. <laughs> yeah, and even they had a, um, even they had a deadline. Like uh, Tabata was talking about, it. he was like, "Yeah, we had to cut down all the open world elements of it for the ha back half of the game, or it would have taken another like that's, five years to make." <laughs> so and I really like Final Fantasy 15, but it's also like you can tell that's a very unfinished game. Like, <laughs> like half of the story is in a is in a movie that everybody was supposed to watch, and most people didn't. Yeah. It, yep. I mean, I'm looking forward to DLC. The we're adding on later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to the Mass Effect Andromeda stuff. Um, but I'm also very much like I don't know what this DLC will bring. Um, it's not coming with a season pass, which I mean, that just kind of I, I hope that means they're going to take more time to actually fix some of the other stuff in the game because like a year is a long time, and by the end of the year or by the this time next year, Mass Effect Andromeda could be a much better game with like much smoother animations and all that stuff. Like EA poured tons of efforts into making Battlefield Four a thing that was like actively able to be used, and people still play that game. So maybe Mass Effect will be the same thing. Who knows? I don't know. Um, yeah, I I haven't even tried the uh, multiplayer yet, but in but as I understand, it's basically the same as three, and three had fantastic multiplayer. So. That could yeah. go a lot of legs. Well, multiplayer is actually pretty good. Yeah, I, I played a little bit. It's fun, but it is it is very much what you kind of expect from Mass Effect Two, just of a bit more um, focus on microtransactions, annoying me. Yeah, yeah, unfortunate side effect yeah. of not making people pay for multiplayer DLC. They just tack all that stuff in there. Um, <clears throat> so speaking of multiplayer games, though. There is a multiplayer game that I'm looking forward to because I'm a masochist. Um, is anyone else excited about Destiny 2? Is it coming to PC? No. Nope. Supposedly. Probably not. <laughs> then no, I'm not excited. <laughs> Suppose well, Jason Schreier, the Destiny Whisperer, is saying that it's supposed to come to PC. Thus far, I mean, there's no real announcement for it yet. It's not officially even announced. There's just some marketing materials out for it that people oversaw. But it is supposed to be coming to that, though there also was another counter-rumor that said that it got scrapped for the time being until they could get everything up and running on the uh, on everything else. Um, can you all hear me just fine? Sorry, just trying to make sure my mic's working. 
Yes. All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, so while I am excited for Destiny Two, I know that others are <laughs> are not as excited. Did any of you ever play the original Destiny at all? Like from the launch till now? I finished the uh, quote unquote single player content. I did like the twenty or so hours that will be required to do all the single player stories. I'm like, oh, this is fun. Maybe I'll get back into it at some point. But I just got busy, bounced off, and never got back into it. Yeah, I, I played um, it when the Taken King came out. Um, played it for like a week and got bored. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, I, I think the basis of the game, like the core gameplay, is real. So that's certainly something they could turn into. And I'll. A lot depends on like what's coming out the rest of the year, especially for me personally. I'm not a huge multiplayer person, but you know, some once in a while, one game can really get me hooked. So, if if there's not a whole lot of good single player content this fall, that may be something I look into. Yeah, man. Um, one of the things I'm definitely looking forward to is just trying out the beta for it because I had no interest in Destiny prior to playing the beta when it came out weirdly like what is it three or four years four years ago now that's crazy um or no three years ago so it came out and i played it and like i played it with my friend and he was on ps3 i was on ps4 and he was just like man this is actually really good to play with people but if you try to play that game by yourself for any significant period of time (laughs) it's like oh my god i (laughs) i can't keep doing this over and over and over and over again (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I had it back on, I had it on 360, like the vanilla version. Oh, like, yeah. I played when, um, it was like when, before they patched out all the weird story stuff, so like Peter Dinklage was still like the ghost voice and all that. <laughs> um, and I remember, like, I played through the whole, like, single player campaign, and it was like the most mind-numbing, like, thing <laughs> ever. And like, I went into it, like, expecting, like, this, like, kind of MMO or whatever, and I was, like, kind of excited because, like, I like MMOs. And it was just, like, I would see, like, maybe... I mean, part of it could have been because I was on 360. But it was, like, five people in, like, the main city hub. And that's, like, all I would see. And then i just go out and then just hold right trigger and wail on aliens for, like, ten minutes. And then they die. And I'm, like, okay, this game is not exciting. And I never I never went back. Yeah. I, th- I think that might be a function of being on the Xbox 360 because yeah, they're like, always. I've heard terrible stories about the PS3 and Xbox 360 versions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> I because like the PS4, obviously they had the like exclusive content for it. Like they had the most people playing it on that system, and you know you could always find people to jump into a party unless you want to do a raid, in which case you had to talk to random people and be like, hey. Can I join your team? Like, do you have five people? Or be like you and another guy, and you're just running around trying to find like five, six people to do raids with you. And I've never done a raid in Destiny. Like, I have no interest in going out of my way to do that kind of stuff. But they make it so difficult to do. Good content is, and I never tried one of those. <laughs> Conversely to that, though, I know people who have like got really sucked into the Destiny community and become, like, good friends just kind of playing with each other every night, like, doing raids, quests, and all this. Um, and I'm, I'm actually surprised by how kind of um, sustained and lively that, that community is, considering that 
at least from my perspective, the base game really doesn't offer too much in terms of, you know, sustainability. Um, so yeah, it, it, it has like Destiny's longevity has surprised me, and I'm, I'm I will say I'm impressed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, a little shocked to be honest, but um, I'd be interested to see. M- my main problem is whether it will just be kind of a continuation of of what everything that Destiny, the original Destiny, had, or if they'll actually kind of improve this like the things that were wrong. Um, because it seems as though it'll be the former where it'll just be like, oh, this is more, you know, not necessarily like a massive revolution on what came before. Um, and if that's the case, then I'm probably not too bothered about it. So, given you came in at the Taken King, you came in at the height of Destiny. Um, it so was, I'm told. It was so bad before that point. Like, it was a very bad, but relative like very addictive game because they they had to change the random number generator stuff like all the time because when you first started you could never get like exotic weapons or anything like that so people were literally at one point when i first started playing the game like we're just sitting there looking at a cave shooting things as they come out because the spawn happens so quickly you can get a ton of drops and that increases Mm -hmm. your chances of getting higher level weapons it was ridiculous. It was silly. Yeah. It was. I I really didn't like the. Um, <laughs> this is the thing I a problem I have with like the division and stuff like that. I hate it when enemies are spongy or like they just take so many bullets. It mm-hmm. just doesn't feel satisfying at all. It's just like what what am I doing in my life? I just oh, start yeah, monstering my existence. Compelling. It's compelling gameplay, man. <laughs> I know, right? The compelling part of Destiny is the powers of your characters and like building everything and get, like some of the weapons are really cool, um, but. I definitely like you hope that they do something to fix it, but I do look forward to the, uh, the open beta for it just to get a little bit of trying on there. Um, so how is the actual matchmaking and stuff for Splatoon 2? Speaking of like test fires and betas and things like that, Valentine. Um, I mean, it's really hard to say. So I guess some background on what the test fire is, because when we talked about it the other day, you and I, like, I didn't really fully understand what they were going to be doing. And I don't, I think maybe you had a different impression of it. Um, it's, it's not a beta. It's not in any way a beta. It's, I guess it's a stress test or a test to see how match, how matchmaking is faring for them. Um, when you, so you download a whole separate client for it, um, in Switch and you open it up. And it only runs during the test fire times. And you pick, you go through a very brief tutorial, and then you pick one of the four weapons they enabled for the test fire. And you're basically just given a random inkling, random hairstyle, random gender, random clothing. And you have the weapon that you picked. And you are thrown into a lobby with, um, hopefully you get a total of eight people. And then you just do a match on one of the two test fire maps. And then you can either stay with the same group or you can back out. And there's a little options menu where you can adjust a few things, like they left the colorblind settings on um, for the test fire, which is really good. Um, they let you set if you wanted gyro controls or if you wanted manual on the right stick. Um, so that was really nice. Um, but other than that, it was just like basically just playing matches over and over again in one of the two maps. Um, I played this morning at 6 a.m., which I guess is like evening in Japan, and... Like, the matchmaking was fine, but it seemed like there weren't that many people playing, because I had some kind of weird little wait times at different parts, and mm-hmm. I saw the same people a couple times, and so I wonder if it was just a slow time or something. I'm going to play again here in a couple hours. Okay, so how is the actual, like, 
playing online experience with the Nintendo Switch. Because as you know, no one has any idea how all of that oh, works. That's true. <laughs> um, for me, it was great. Like, I didn't, it was, like, so un, unremarkable. I guess it was good because it was, like, so unremarkable that I, like, didn't even think about, oh, wow, we haven't really done this yet. Um, no, it was, I mean, I guess we have because, like, Fast RMX has online play. But Fast RMX's online stuff was terrible and there was lag and it was just <laughs> god awful. But I'm beginning to think that was more of a symptom of the game than the Nintendo Switch. Um, mm-hmm. But no, it was great. It was smooth. I didn't, there was no lag. There was no weird things going on. I didn't get disconnected until the end of the session. So, I, I mean, I guess all that's good. Like, it's hard to tell in just, like, one hour, but. No, I mean, if it's unremarkable, that means it's great. Cause <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't even think about it the whole time. I was just like, oh yeah, I'm playing online Splatoon. Because, you know, I played Splatoon, I played the first Splatoon, I played a ton of that game. And it had, I mean, it had a few issues. There was, there was some weird lag sections. There was one area on one map, I don't even remember, I think it was the skate park, um, mm-hmm. where if you, like, inked in, if you threw ink in one corner, then it would just, like, not show up for several seconds, and then it would all show up at once and it would lag. It was really weird. Mm-hmm. Um but no, I didn't run into anything like that. It, it looks great. The game looks really pretty. Okay. Well. Gameplay feels fun. It, it feels like Splatoon. There's, yeah. Are there any, like, major gameplay differences? Or is it, from what I've heard, it's just like, it's Splatoon. Well, I mean, again, it's very hard to tell. They're only giving you two maps, and they're only giving you four weapons. Uh, three of the weapons are the same ones that you had from the original Splatoon, then they added a new one in as the fourth weapon. And you know there's going to be, like, just tons more, because there were so many in the first Splatoon. Um, I guess the major differences are all the special weapons are different. Um, so that was, I got to try out the new special weapons. I, it was a little hard to kind of figure out in the middle of a match just because normally I'd play like on the test fire range to figure out exactly how to use them. Like there was one I still don't know how to use because I was trying to use it in the middle of a match and it was like, you know, target something and I'm like, ah, I don't, what? Target what? I don't know. Um, so there was that. But um, they're fun. I love the new Dooley's weapons. They're really nice. You can do like a little dodge roll when you're shooting with them and that's really fun. You can like just scoot around and surprise people. Alright, well, I'm sure you'll keep us abreast of the situation as it goes forward. There's still no release date on Splatoon 2, right? Like it's just Su- summer. 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 I think they'll stick to well, you, okay, you laugh but because you're so cynical, but they'll, they'll stick to, no, it's true. They're gonna, I, I think It'll probably be like late summer. August. It'll be in a summer at some point in a year. Okay, okay. I think it'll be out this year, just like late, like August 31st. I, no, I'm not, I'm not feeling that level of cynicism on this. I'm betting June, maybe July, but this is the kind of game that I think they want kids to be playing like during the summer, so Mm -hmm. it just, it seems very likely. My only, my biggest worry about it is that they will do the same thing they did with the first Splatoon, where the first Splatoon, once it got all of its content out, was absolutely amazing. But at launch, it was a little barren. And they did a really good job of fulfilling their promises and saying, well, we're going to release more stuff. And they did. They released a ton of stuff. But at launch, it was just kind of disappointing. And so I'm really, really hoping that they launch it with a lot of stuff and produce more stuff as they go along and keep the game alive longer than less than a year. Well, I mean, it's the only game that will be the highlight of... uh, Oh, wait, no. Mario Kart comes out soon, too. Are they doing Uh, a beta for Mario Kart? I don't think Not that so. I'm aware of. Nintendo doesn't really do a lot of betas. Yeah, Nintendo doesn't do a lot of online anything, but <laughs> that's fine. Uh, okay. Um, so, what is, like, the... Um, 
I guess the, this, this is kind of the experience you probably want to see across like all of multiplayer games that happen on Switch moving forward, though, right? Just easily get in, matchmake real quick, and just be as unremarkable as possible. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how the friend stuff works, because that's... I mean, you and I, no, you're, like, kind of cynical about the Switch, and I'm usually more on the optimistic side for it. But the one thing that I just, like, keep scratching my head about, and I'm just, like, maybe a little more cynical about than I normally would be, is this whole thing about matchmaking with friends on my phone. Like, if I want to talk to my friends on my phone, I'll talk to my friends on my phone. Like, I've got the Switch out, let me do everything on the Switch. So I'm I'm a little skeptical about that. I'm really hoping that they do a good job with the online matchmaking, and I guess we'll probably know here in about a month with Mario Kart. I hope. Visually, um, does it look um, better than like a lot better than the original Splatoon? Like, is it a good example of the Switch's kind of visual capabilities compared to the Wii U? Yeah, I thought Splatoon. I thought the first Splatoon looked really nice. I mean, for a Wii U game. Um, and this this <laughs> this looks really nice too. It's 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 hard to describe. I guess. Um, I think, like, the main thing I noticed, it sounds really weird, the ink is shinier. <laughs> and, like, you, you know, that sounds, like, ridiculous, but it looks, like, really nice. That should be the quote on the box cover. The ink is shinier. Yeah. <laughs> it does, it does look really nice. Okay. Oh, man. Okay, well, you know, well, summer, we'll see what all comes together on. Oh, the other thing, can you, like, so when you're playing on, and you know it's because you have PS4 too, but when you're playing online on PS4, uh, it tells you, like, recently played friends. Can you, like, friend people based on that on the Switch? Uh, like, oh, um, I don't know. I would not know yet, just because of how the system is set up. I imagine that if that was going to be a thing, it would come with the app. Um, right now, you can see you can add friends <laughs> via the god awful friend codes. <laughs> we all love friend codes. Um, Does the game allow uh, voice chat as well this time? It, it might. I don't know. It's uh, it, like these are all still questions. These are questions we had a month ago, <laughs> and they're still questions that we have. I have no idea. This was just was online random matchmaking. So I'm I'm pretty sure they're not going to allow voice chat with strangers, which I. I say is a bad thing, like, in principle, but then I think, well, I play Overwatch, and that has voice chat with strangers, and the only time I use that is when people are jerks, and I mute them, in which case I'm not really using it, I'm turning it off, so... Well, that's I mean, also partially because we don't play competitive. Competitive uh, Overwatch, it's used oh, heavily. Full of terrible people. Uh. <laughs> 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 Including myself. <laughs> oh, yeah, you play Overwatch, too, right, Alex? I do, yeah. Uh, every day, pretty much. Oh, wow. So, my experience with Overwatch, and not to completely move away from Splatoon, but uh, I don't really know what else I have as questions about it. it some, no, that's fine. There's not an out. awful lot to talk about yet. I played one hour worth of a test fire. Gotcha. Uh, but my experience with Overwatch, I played as a healer, and that was the best role that I could play, because it did not require me to aim at anyone or know what anything was going on. I just helped people as I saw them needing help. Oh, you're I, one of those guys. <laughs> I have no idea what is going on in any Overwatch match I've ever participated in. <laughs> uh, That's fair. Yeah, I, actually, it's good we brought this up, because I played um, Arissa, like, yesterday, because I don't have it on PC, so I couldn't play on PTR. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is weird. What like, kind of character is she? They called her an anchor tank, 
which sounds really like sounds it doesn't really I don't know. Uh, it basically means that she's more about support rather than taking damage as a tank um, mm. and kind of griefing players a little bit. She has a, I can't remember what it was called, but it's like kind of similar to Zarya's gravity orb. Mm. She can fire it and then once she kind of releases it, uh, enemies will kind of be transported to where the orb blew up, um, mm. which is quite good for kind of, you know, chucking people off ledges or something. Um, <laughs> but she also has a shield and I think that rounds up the number of people with shields to four now, which just feels like too many shields. <laughs> Seven out of ten, too many shields. I, like, I just, I'm worried. You oh, know? Okay. So, do they do, like, regular balancing on Overwatch? Because I hear all the time about players that um, end up getting, like, uh, nerfed or they're, like, way overpowered yeah, yeah. and stuff. All the time. They're still, they're still struggling with Bastion to try and, like, fight, find a suitable... Um, tension between like his vulnerability and power because he's he just he's either too weak or too powerful every time they patch him. No uh -oh. skill, no skill, Bastion players. Yeah, <laughs> the bane of my existence. Let me just hide in this corner and just hold down a button, <laughs> and, then, and then no one on your team ever knows how to counteract him because no one plays uh, Zenyatta or no, uh, who's the ninja guy? Genji. 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 Not like, says no this, one but he plays on a team with me, and I don't see him countering Bastion. No, either. no, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> one almost the primary Bastion counter is Genji, and like Genji's really hard to play, and I also hate that style of play. So, like, we also play for fun. So, but like, it's just <laughs> that that character is extremely frustrating, and it's like the same with uh, Soldier Seventy Six's alt. No skill. Let me just hold down a button and just win. <laughs> So annoying. <laughs> you can tell I'm really, really salty about Overwatch right now. <laughs> oh, man. It may just be one of those things where you take a break for a moment and you just come back to it after they've done as many updates as they need to to get it right. Um, yeah, so, you know, that's one of the more difficult things about, like, online game development that I find fascinating, because I play game uh, Paragon on PS4, and they do um, weekly updates, and they do, like, there's characters who've been, like, way overpowered, and characters who've been way underpowered, like, they bring out a new character, and they're always overpowered the very first week, and then, like, they nerf them to the point of being unusable. And there was even a character who was an original character that one of my friends liked. And then by, like, less than a year later, like, she was never used anymore for anything. So it's definitely one of those things that's hard to get right with any of those games. Um, and that sort of kind of transitions me into, like, one of the other things I want to talk about. So, because of Mass Effect Andromeda, there was a lot of questions that people had about, like, game animation. Because the animations in Andromeda were really off whenever you were looking at any of the commercials for the game, any of the demos of the game. And anything that wasn't combat looked a little off and so we had the guy uh jonathan cooper who is apparently working on uncharted lost legacy which i'm excited for uh and but he also worked on the original mass effect one as well as uh i think he's worked on mass effect two also um 
But he was just saying that whenever you're looking at games and animations, it's one of the difficult parts about it is that people compare games like Uncharted, which have like unholy kinds of um, animations for like Nathan Drake's forehead as it wrinkles when he responds to a question he doesn't know the actual answer to versus something like Mass Effect Andromeda, which has so many options that a character will interact with at any point in time and so he was just showing like how the actual cinematic conversation tool works and he was just showing the difference between it and a game like um the witcher 3 and then now looking at uh mass effect and drama and just how much more work they have to put into to give players the options that they have and it was really uh interesting to me because he talked about the fact that there are times where someone won't even touch like lower quality scenes like they just build something for programmers and then they have to trust the programmers are going to add stuff in uh so that was really interesting did anybody else catch this or read like there was another article from anime state talking about the state of animation and uh what mass effect andromeda was yeah i mean like i i understand that Mass Effect's never going to look as good as Uncharted because just the the genre, the, the two different genres are like chalk and cheese, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it like the problem with with Mass Effect and it kind of extends to a larger problem I have with the game, which is it's just too big, and like that means that you're kind of spreading uh, not very much butter over a lot of bread, um, and so like the the quality is just kind of. I feel like if they had focused. On stuff a little bit more, I had got rid of all this kind of um, the side quests that don't really extend so much and and everything else. It might have looked a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, like I totally realized that. I mean, I mean, like as far as I can tell, it, like Mass Effect Two would never looked great, or at least the animations <laughs> never looked great. Or the same for Mass Effect Three, right? Right. Um, but I don't remember it being that bad. Um, so yeah, I, I like I I do think that people are kind of ripping into Bioware a little bit too much that when you know you just look at how big and how many conversations are in that game um it's ne- like not not all of it's going to look like you know the next uncharted or something like that I don't know I always I got the impression that people were more comparing it not necessarily to the all the quality in terms of animations themselves of the predecessors but the like I guess hard to explain the like the amount of errors like i don't like you said i don't remember mass effect 2 and mass effect 3 having that many just bizarre weird stupid animations happening <laughs> did that make any sense that came yeah. out of my mouth maybe that's the problem of there's not enough qa like the, yeah, that, like is that just you have to wonder thing if to just bugs or what like is that actually was that meant to happen because some of them were like yeah. they weren't supposed to happen yeah, like, I, you I don't, don't know I don't expect the facial expressions to be as high quality as Nathan Drake's, but when there's like just characters disappearing into thin air and weird things where people are walking around with their arms spread out like they're an airplane or that duck running thing that they were doing, like, like that's. I thought that, that guy was expressing himself right. for dance. <laughs> so. I actually had a really funny moment when that scene popped up where the woman's arms are just out. 
Now, when I was in college, there was a game coming out called NBA Elite, which was supposed to be the answer to NBA 2K dominating everything with regard to, uh, like basketball and video games. And they've never recovered from this. Like EA, I don't think they even put out an NBA Live last year. I don't, I don't remember, but they skipped live that year. They skipped live like every now and then now too. But in the demo for it, people were playing. Some guy got stuck with Andrew Bynum with his hands out like that. And it became a sensational video online because he was like, this is Bynum Jesus just in the middle of the thing. And so that was the first thing that I thought of like when I saw that. And I was like, I don't know what it is with EA games, but whenever things are going bad, immediately someone has to sacrifice themselves like Jesus in the game. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um... <laughs> All these animation bugs are, like, par for the course compared to the stuff I've seen in Troll and I. <laughs> Why is no one talking about that, huh? Come on. <laughs> it's just, like, um, like, there's so many enemies just get stuck. Like, I have so many screenshots. Like, I'm probably gonna, when I write my final review, I'm very tempted to just make, like, this big link to a big slideshow I'll upload somewhere of just, like, all the bugs, because there's, like, enemies will just get constantly stuck in stuff, like, all the time, and I can't hit them, like, at all. Like, they're just stuck there, but then there's a stupid, like, warning symbol saying, like, there's an enemy nearby, and it just, like, never went away, because they were there, but I couldn't do anything about it. It's just, like, that happens, like, basically every single battle sequence someone got stuck somewhere just over and over and over and over and then it'd be like even your attack animations are like really whacked out and it'll get like bugged out and he'll like he'll just like re my troll randomly spin around and like ground pound in the complete opposite direction that i want and it'll be like uh weird animations where like i die like when when you're per like you play as a boy and a troll and like when the boy dies like it, the it cuts to a scene of the troll, like, being upset, and, like, 99% of the time, like, 99% of the time, the troll would be standing next to some cliff, because it's, like, that's basically the whole environment. And no, like, it would just, like, he would clip into the cliff, into the cliff, and it would just, like, be half his face, and then the other half of the screen would just be black. So it's, like, stuff like that is just, oh, man. Yeah, I, that... So, Basically, Troll and I, as if uh, Last Guardian came out, like, six years ago before it was way ready. It's like, <laughs> it's like Last Guardian trying to also be Uncharted slash Tomb Raider and, like, random oh, no. stealth bits. It's like, um, yeah, I mean, it looks like a janky PS2 game that was made on low budget, but it's the Year of Our Lord 2017, so can't so, be very forgiving. You said that it's taking from Tomb Raider. So, does the boy also die in the same way that Lara dies throughout the Tomb Raider series? Because she's like getting her head busted in. There's times where, the literally, at one point in the game, I'm pretty sure someone can like shoot you in the head or like, and then brutal, brutal deaths in both Tomb Raider games. I've beaten both of them. In Wow. <laughs> not not quite as brutal, although at times I wish they were, out of frustration. Uh, there was a time I, like, fell off a cliff, and he, like, it was, like, in a small chasm, and, like, he basically bounced between the walls and, like, just, like, knocking his head. And I was like, yeah, you deserve that because you didn't jump when I told you to. <laughs> 
So I'm just glad that I'm not buying that game, though I did see that it was on PlayStation 4, and I was like, uh, How much is it? Just out of interest. <laughs> let me, let me oh, just I think it's a $20 game. <laughs> no, I think, it's, um, I think it might be on sale right now, 20% off, but I think it's normal 50 Wait, what? $50? Yeah, I believe so. I can't, Don't quote me on that, but it was not a $20 game, which is what I would expect it to be. <clears throat> okay, so I'm looking this up right now. It is for a forty dollar game ah. on PlayStation Four. And, yeah. Oh wow. On Steam, oh. Oh, on Steam, oh. it's on sale for forty regular fifty. Oh. <laughs> Dude, I just guessed. It. I'm like, well, I'm wait, wait. For sure, developer, and it looks like crap. It must be a twenty dollar game. No, no. So why does the troll have dreadlocks though? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like the troll. <laughs> So does the boy too. I, I never quite understood that. I don't know. They dreadlocked the troll's beard. I. <laughs> and I also hate the title. Oh like, my god! Is, oh yeah, it's oh. it's bad. Okay, I'm just gonna post this into the chat so that if you aren't looking at this, you can see what this troll looks like. Just <laughs> wow. Um. Man, okay. They they dreaded his beard. They dreaded the troll's beard. I okay. Man, so <laughs> I don't have any experience with troll and I, but I can say the weirdest thing I saw in terms of like Mass Effect things, in terms of like errors and things like that that happen. They're like your characters will try to help you, and you can't like control their abilities or where they like completely. Yeah, that feels like a backstep. <laughs> You could do that in two and three, right? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. could do it in one. <laughs> you could point. Where you <laughs> yeah, exactly. To go in like one. there's so many steps backwards they take. It's so stupid. Uh, but randomly throughout the game, like you'll be aiming at an enemy and you'll be fighting them, and then your characters will just appear like in the middle of the air, like on top of them because they did an ability and they got caught in the air. It's really, <laughs> it's really weird. I, yeah, man. It Mass Effect Troll and I that. It's been very difficult for me to come to plan other games because after something like Horizon Zero Dawn, where everything looks like amazing, and I'm sure Valentine has the same thing with Breath of the Wild, where everything's like intertwining, working correctly, and then you go to another game and it's like, am I being too harsh because of the fact that I just played another much better game or is this game really that bad? And that was kind of the stuff that I started thinking about. Um, because, you know, I went from Horizon and Near Automata, and it took a minute to get into it because it was like, man, these environments are much more empty. There's a lot less going on here at any point in time. I think and, uh, reviews are always comparative, though. Mm-hmm. Like, And also, it's funny, like, you look at something like um, Fallout 4 or Skyrim, that game has just as much, if not more, jankiness than Andromeda. But we're just like, oh, oh, Bethesda, you're silly, <laughs> you silly studio. We love you for it. It's <laughs> perfectly fine. Yeah. So it's, it's just weird, isn't it? Like how we kind of perceive different games by different people, even though it's got the same amount of jankiness to it. I haven't had that problem yet because I still haven't stopped playing Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <sighs> Greatest I'm game. I'm playing it on Wii U. Ever. It looks great. Greatest game ever. 
Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Um, <laughs> I mean, don't it's you really, dare say otherwise unless really, you want to get DDoSed. Oh, it's really darn good. <laughs> I mean... Let I me would... tell you, I hate, mm-hmm. I hate being like a super over-completionist. When I played Assassin's Creed 2, and, or not even 2, like the, the ones right after that, uh, Brotherhood, I think it was. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever they first introduced like the billion things all over the map where you open the map and you're like, dear God, I don't want to get all these things. Um, I, I don't do those things. I, I do a few of them and then I do the story and then I do anything that unlocks more story and then I'm done. Um, but I'm like going for all 120 shrines in this game just because the gameplay is compelling enough. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty similar in that aspect. Most of the time, I'll just basically because I only have so much time, I will just beat a game rather than you know do 100% completion. Um, Horizon was a game that if there weren't so many other games out right now, I would probably have gotten back into after I beat it. But I'll I have already traded that in, and I'm probably not looking back because there's just too much stuff. <laughs> I did beat it, and it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, man, I, it's 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 a great great time to be into any kind of games. And I didn't talk a lot about Near Automata, but that game, like the soundtrack, the environments that you run into, like I just finished this Disney World type area that you can walk into, and it's it's not like it's amazing, like blow your socks off in terms of like you're looking at like oh the highest graphical fidelity or anything like that. But it's like the way they animate it and then what they have you do in those areas is like all really cool. Like you're riding on a roller coaster, fighting robots as you're like having this incredible music in your ears. And then there's just like this magic kingdom, uh, castle in the background as you're doing so. And it was amazing. Uh, and you know, I went from that and then Mass Effect Andromeda <laughs> said, yeah, so uh you want to be a pathfinder? You can be the pathfinder. You don't have to do anything to be able to do that. And they Yeah, just that is super you. super <laughs> weird about that game where it's like they don't even really do a great job of describing what it is the pathfinder can do that nobody else can do and then they pass it on to the son who as far as I can or daughter depending on who you play. Uh as far as I can tell has no qualifications whatsoever. So it's just like, oh, I'm just going to wing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, but there's a lot, there are a lot of things I like about the game, but there are also a lot of things where it's like, why, how does this even compute? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, whether you have a Switch or you are on PC or you're on PS4, it looks like you're having a good time. But the question before we close out the show is, has anyone turned on their Xbox One this week? You should say that again. You flipped out some more. Oh, my bad. I said that, you know, everyone on Switch, PS4, PC, everyone has something to play. But has anyone turned on their Xbox One this week? I don't have an Xbox One. No. <laughs> I don't own one, and I don't need so, one, because yeah, Xbox so, yeah, play no, anywhere. I, that's also true. So, my Xbox One is basically something, A, it's backwards compatible for the games that I, you know, 360 games I still have, and at least in terms of, like, media apps, it does have the PS4 handily beat for a lot of things, so that's basically what my Xbox One is. It plays 360 games, and it has apps like the CW app and a few other things that 
that the PS4 does not have, so that's that's when it gets used. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And unless Microsoft has one hell of an E3 showing with a lot of exclusives, that's probably how it's going to stay. <laughs> uh, sea of Thieves, though. Come on. Sea of Thieves. Cracks yeah, down. PC. Yeah, Crackdown doesn't exist. Sea of Thieves is probably going to be terrible because Rare, you know, we talk about Bioware hasn't been Bioware for a long time. Rare hasn't been, you know, the Rare people know and love for probably 20 years. <laughs> hey, don't you, don't you say anything bad about Sea of Thieves, right? <laughs> oh, I would love a good pirate game. It's long overdue. <laughs> well, we had Black Flag. Black Flag was a great pirate game. And Rogue was actually a pretty good pirate game in Assassin's Black, Creed. Black Flag? What? Black. It, was okay. it was okay. It was a good no, pirate shanties, game. Though. It was also barely a pirate game. It has ships, but pirate game is a stretch. They sing a pirate's <laughs> life for me. <laughs> I would argue it's more of a pirate game than an Assassin's Creed yeah, game. It's though. a terrible Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> oh, I mean, they're yeah. singing pirate songs for acid test for a pirate game than... Um, Crap. I just lost my mind. What what's the game with Corvo and the chick and the whales? Um Dishonored! Dishonored's a pirate game. Because yes. they sing some pirate song in that game. I would know I haven't played either of those games. <laughs> Corvo just... and the chick and the whales? Corvo's the assassin. The whales are these things that people like kill for blubber and oil or whatnot, I think. <laughs> I, I don't know. It sounds exactly like a pirate game. It seems like a low barrier of entry to be like considered a pirate game. Do you have a pirate? I think song? we'll have yes an no. pirate game with Sid Meier's Pirates. So there you go. So well, like, there's a pirate song in GTA Five on the radio. Is that is a pirate Zelda Wind Waker a pirate game? Yes. You're on a ship. Yes. It's definitely a pirate game. Zelda and Link were pirates. That's what this was. Yeah, that that one actually is probably more of a pirate game than Dishonored is. You um, regularly land on islands, kill their locals, and steal their treasure. I mean, that's... Yeah. As long as he doesn't do, you know, a lot of the stuff that pirates used to do. That, <laughs> that would make it a lot more... Less kid-friendly. Yeah. Growing up. That's everything that they brought out of uh, Black Flag. They were just like, oh, remember all the terrible things they did? Let's just skip past all of that. <laughs> and we'll, exactly. just, we'll just go to the honor of the Pirate's Code. And and giving your life up for it. Um, that, that's not unusual. Pirate life has been very, very romanticized in just about every I aspect. I mean, probably thanks to Pirates of the Caribbean specifically. <laughs> well, much like Pirates of the Caribbean, we have to end this show now. And Disney should end that too. But um, it's been a pleasure talking to all of you guys. Uh, I just got to get uh, up out of here. And uh, we'll come back. We'll look at a time next week and we'll bring it to all of those who've listened and their listening pleasure. Thank you for everything, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.